It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Well, hello, my friends. It is so good to be with you today. I want to share a a couple of scripture verses that kind of set up the mood for today's show. One of them is, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And another one, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, I share those scripture verses because I, like many of you, have lost a close friend to COVID. Maybe you've lost a loved one, someone very, very dear to you, and it's tough for you to get through life. It is tough. And remember, Jesus said, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. He is our hope. He is the one that will give us comfort. That is why it is so important we have a relationship with God. You know, if we don't know God in our life, we have hell in our life. If we know God, then he takes the hell out of our life. That's the whole point of this show. And today I want to have a conversation with Candy Anderson Ferris. I want to talk to her about a few things. One is this COVID, the division that is happening within homes, churches, the country. We're tearing ourselves apart over this virus. And the only one that is winning is the adversary, the enemy that wants to tear us apart. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about lessons learned from 9-11. So it's a great show today. Don't go anywhere. God is going to speak to you. God is going to meet you where you're at. And God is going to give you some wisdom. I promise that. He told me to tell you to stay tuned and stay listening. I brought in a friend of mine, Candy Anderson Ferris, that always has a bit of wisdom and some good insight on situations like this. Hi, Candy. Hey, how are you doing, Ron? I don't know about being wise. I'm old, but... <laughs> well, wisdom comes with yes, age, yeah, but, yeah. you know, I, I know you're just being silly there because we know how smart you are. But, Candy, have you noticed, in the, especially in the church community, there's a lot of division taking place because of pro or against the vaccine? I think it's four letters, F-E-A-R, fear. And that's what's causing division and and our personal experiences. Also, um, people who work in the hospital and see people who are very, very sick may have a different opinion. Um, it's, it's all relative to where you are personally. In my own home, there are those who are vaccinated and there are those who aren't. And um, we love each other. We're unified. We believe each of us has a choice. And we have certain reasons that we prayed over, uh, medical reasons that we can't take the vaccine, or we have um, personal choice. It's it's not um, something worth having division over because the body of Christ is supposed to be unified and we're supposed to present um, kindness and compassion and goodness and caring towards one another. Um, and, and a vaccine is being used as a tool to cause excruciating pain in families. And um, I don't have an answer for it. I, I truly don't. The disease is awful. 
It's horrible. I have had precious friends um, pass away within the last week, and um, my heart is broken over it. But to me, our focus is on all the wrong things. I mean, it's on Christ, regardless of the vaccine. I don't care if you take it or you don't take it. I just want us to keep each other safe, to practice good healthy cleanliness, eating habits like we've talked about, um, taking care of our bodies, but being cautious of other people's feelings. There's a way to handle it instead of argumentatively dividing and um, being such animosity towards each other. There really is uh, a target on backs of people that don't want to take a vaccine. They I've seen it. I've heard people just from a distance arguing that, well, if you don't wear a mask, if you don't take the vaccine, then you are intentionally trying to kill people. And I'm thinking, what kind of comment is that to say? All that does is get into a heated argument. And it's hard nowadays, Candy, to just have an intelligent conversation with someone and present facts and maybe facts or just say, well, this is my opinion. I don't want it at this time, but people can't even seem to have a conversation without getting hostile. Yes. The emotions are all involved in it. And I, I, I hesitate even talking on here uh, about it because I thought, well, it's going to cause such a, um, Oh gosh, I don't know, just an uproar uh, in people's hearts. And I, that's not my intention. My intention is for us to, um, can I read you something Martin Luther wrote? Absolutely. Okay. Martin Luther uh, lived in the 1500s when the bubonic plague was um, happening. He had a pregnant wife at the time and they made a choice to stay and help others who are going through it instead of leaving. A lot of people were leaving and he, he, um, wrote this, and I thought it was very timely for today. And uh, it says, he declared, I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine, and take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus perchance infect and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid place or person, but will go freely. He understood the urgency of sharing the gospel so as to lead the sick to saving faith before they died and to minister to believers in their final days. And then there's just one um, other quick little statement he made. He said, we die at our posts. Christian doctors cannot abandon their hospitals. Christian governors cannot flee their districts. Christian pastors cannot abandon their congregations. The plague does not dissolve our duties. It turns them into crosses on which we must be prepared to die. Martin Luther, 1527. Very well put. Um, You know, I've thought when you were reading, I plan on going over into New Orleans with uh, Samaritan's Purse in the next few months in New Orleans, Homa, Thibodeau, all those areas. And um, I'm not worried about the virus. Well, it may be over there, but I need to go over there. I want to go over there and love on people, give them water, help them rebuild. I know what it is to be on the other end because I went through Katrina and uh, someone said, well, you want to go over there when, with the virus? I said, 
listen, I'm going over there to help someone. I can't live my life locked up in my house because I'm afraid I may get the virus. You know, there are 3,000 people a day that are killed in an automobile accident. I'm still driving, but I'm cautious. We have to be cautious and just wise in the things we do. I have a mask and um, I am protected. I mean, I have hand sanitizer. I got, I have it everywhere. So I'm very cautious. Um, You know, a lot of people, Christians say, well, you know, it's uh, God gives us a time to be born and a time to die. So if it's my time, it's my time. But I don't know. Is that the right attitude? I believe totally in the sovereignty of God. He has uh, ordained our hours, our days, and our times are in his hand. Um, Does that mean we're, we're crazy and go out and run in front of cars or, or play in the water while holding an electrical wire? Um, No, it's not what we do, but he is sovereign. And as you said, there are car accidents every day. We could be driving home from this, discussing a vaccine and have a car wreck and die. Life is a risk. When we get up and leave our house in the morning, there is a risk going to work. Could be a car wreck, could be a robbery at the gas station or the donut shop we stop at. We never know. A gentleman the other day in Louisiana was trying to get gas for his generator. Someone broke in line. He confronted him. And the guy that was confronted pulled out a, pulled out a gun and killed him. Mm. Now, he was just getting gas. So it is a crazy world out there. We need to do what we can to protect it. But I guess really the point of this conversation is that Let's have a little more grace in our conversations. And instead of causing turmoil in the family and division, that's your family. Let's have compassion and consideration one for another and not um, let our emotions get away from us and um, steal and rob the love that we have between each other. It's, It's the most important thing we have is love for one another in Christ Jesus. It is. Absolutely. Life is precious. This is the one thing that I learned. I have learned from so many friends that have died of COVID and other accidents is that it makes me love life even more every single day. I don't walk out of my house without a smile. I don't meet anybody that I don't tell them a kind word. I pass out information because you never know, is today the last day of my life? Whether it be a virus, a car wreck, or God just says, hey, you need to come on home, Ron. And uh, so if we live before we die, I mean, really live before we die, that's it. And and, And um, if we live in fear, nothing's going to be accomplished. Nothing's going to be accomplished. But if we are bringing the good news of Jesus Christ, and that overshadows any other thing that's going on in the world, because in Scripture, when when our little Cooper passed away, I can remember my daughter saying that the Scripture that really carried her was, he who faints in the day of adversity, his strength is small. Now think about that. If we're going to pass out when it's hard, what are we going to do when it's easy? I mean, if we can't live in an easy world and we're always frustrated and anxious, now we're in really hard times. What are we going to do now? We're going to get argumentative, be on edge, fussing and fighting among each other. And who wins? Who wins? Nobody who wins? wins. The enemy wins. I'm going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to switch gears a little bit. I want to ask Candy if she remembers where she was on September 11th, 2001. 
and talk about lessons from 9-11. Back in a minute. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. Well, friends, I did it. I bared my soul. My book, The Promoter, it took me three years and, well, my story, it is a wild story. I will share things that I have never shared with anyone from my childhood to my days as a promoter. I did anything to make a buck. I was hungry for attention and publicity. I really wasn't a good person. Sex, drugs, and money was driving me. But something happened on the road to become a millionaire. I ran into God. My story is written for you. As you read the book, God will speak to you through the pages, and your dreams will come alive and hope will be restored. Check out my book, The Promoter. It's available on my website, thepromoter.org, or online at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and iTunes. Listeners, welcome back. I'm Ron Myers, and the show is called Get the Hell Out of Your Life, where you hear about real stories, real struggles with some real hope. My guest today is my friend Candy Anderson Ferris. Candy, they say that you will never forget where you were on September 1st, 2011, when you heard the news of the towers collapsing. Do you remember where you were? Right here. Right here in this office with a television going on. And I um, remember, do I announce this? Do I, am I the one that says this over the air? And it's exactly what happened. And within the next few minutes, I remembered, oh, my goodness, my son is sitting on a ship outside of the Middle East. And, oh, my goodness, it, it, was, um, it was a really crazy time. Um, as soon as my shift was over here, I rushed to my daughter-in-law and we met in the church parking lot. All of us fell on our knees crying and weeping because we didn't know what this meant for the world. Yes. And listeners, in case you don't know what candy means, the office that I'm in right now where we record this was the office years ago for the local Christian radio station. And before I was the general manager of the station, Candy was the manager of the station who in turn one day hired me <laughs> and uh, when her time was to move on. So she was here. You were had the morning show. You had the morning show. And so that's when it happened. I was at the gym. I'm, I live at the gym. My Karen, my wife will tell you that hey, he's never home. He's always at the gym. Well, I'm trying to take care of myself. And they had TV on and I started watching the planes and the buildings collapse and I didn't know what to expect. It's horrific. Mm. And then you wonder, you know, do do I go home and hide? Are there going to be more attacks? They had closed down airplanes in that, um, or airports rather, because uh, airplanes were flying around. They didn't know if terrorists had more airplanes. And uh, it was a crazy time. But, you know, that's in the first segment of the show, we talked about COVID. There's always something crazy going on in it this is. world, isn't there? And there's a, it becomes a crisis of belief. Um, we, we can say all day long that we believe in the Lord. Um, my husband and I were talking about this. It's all about our heart. Who has our heart? 
And is it genuine towards the Lord? Is it pliable towards the Lord? And sometimes we just go through the motions of, of church, of, of saying we believe this or, or yeah, I, 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 I've got it, the, the big guy upstairs, that kind of thing. But when it comes to the rubber meets the road and there's death and there's fear and there's terror attacks, there's plagues, there's hurricanes, there's whatever. That's when our faith gets put to the test. And we know then who in whom do I believe? You know, listeners, in case um, you're not familiar with uh, quotes or parts of the Bible, or maybe you're not even a, a believer in God, there is uh, a part uh, in the Bible, Candy, it says that we have an enemy and that he's out there to seek to kill, steal, and destroy, destroy us. And what we say, that is the anti-God. That is the the devil, Satan, the evil part of the world that is always attacking God's children. And in this world, there are enemies in this world that hate us. They hate Americans. They hate the freedom that we represent. And so the point is that when we're raising our children and we realize that this is a a crazy world, it should fortify us to some degree that, listen, I understand we're in a battle, but I'm not going to lose my hope. My trust is in God, and I will be an ambassador of light in this dark world. Can we do that, Candy? Absolutely. And as believers, we've read the last page of the book, and we know God wins. And that should be our focus, is that he wins, and his eye is on you. Whether you know it or not, God loves you. He sent his son to die for you. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be um, all holier than thou. God knows us intimately, and he loves us perfectly. Um, I have this beautiful illustration in our lives, and it ties in with 9-11. Um, our son, Zach, had decided he was going to go into the Marines, and he felt like it was God's will for his life. Well, we didn't. You know, well, God would have showed us, too, if, if you were supposed to go in the Marines, right? In, in that, right. We would all be on the same page. So we began to pray, Lord, put us on your page, not not his page, my page, but your page. And so I was going to go um, give my testimony at Discovery Weekend. And it was right before Zach was going to have to leave to go to the Marines. And he and I were crying because I really didn't want to go because I wanted to spend time with him. And um, I looked at him and I told him, I said, I'm going to get you a cross to wear and have the word focus on it. And he said, I don't want focus on it, Mom. He said, I want his eyes on the sparrow. So you've been to Discovery Weekends and you know how they all work. I gave my testimony and there's supposed to be a certain format that you follow real closely. And um, all of a sudden, after I gave my testimony, which had nothing to do with the present day, but with my growing up, uh, a lady from the back of the the um, room, there were 27 different churches, people from different states uh, uh, were there. And she happened to be from Louisiana and she came forward And she said, the Lord told me to minister to you in song. And she sang to me, his eyes on the sparrow. Wow. And so that has been a continuation in our lives, that, that, that beautiful song. And the other day I had the privilege of watching my son be ordained. And as they were laying on hands, the pastors and the deacons were all coming up and laying hands on him. Um, The pastor of the church said, asked a lady to go play um, music. And, um, my daughter looked at me. I'm tone deaf, so I, I don't know what's happening. And she said, Mom, do you know what song that is? And she said, it's his eyes on the sparrow. Wow. 
And so I went up and I asked the lady, I said, you, you talked about that. You knew that. She said, no, I didn't have any idea. Well, God knew exactly where Zach was, what we were doing. And he reminded us that he knows. And the same way it is for you, listener, he knows where you are. He knows the pain you're in. He knows the uh, the fears. And there's a scripture that says perfect love casts out all fear. And he is perfect love. He loves you perfectly. And so we can take the scripture in our heart and it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known before God. And he, he'll give you the peace that transcends all understanding through Christ Jesus. And don't you want to live like that? Absolutely. I, I don't want to live fighting and bickering and being scared every time I turn the TV on that, oh, here we go again. There's something else. Now, be wise. We need to know that the hurricane's coming down the alley and be prepared. We need to know um, how to take care of ourselves physically and and be prepared for all situations we can as far as it is possible with us but then it's in the hands of god um one of my favorite scriptures is i know whom i have believed and i am persuaded that he is able to keep that which i've committed to him against that day and i commit my children i commit my family i commit my life to him and i know he is able he's able to hold it to sustain us and to you know carry us and I think that is something that we should all do when we leave the house. And I will even challenge you out there that perhaps you don't believe in God, but you are listening to this because something just intrigues you over the conversation that I would say, if you don't believe in God, you ask God to uh, show you a sign or do something or protect you or, you know, God has a way of, of just drawing you, drawing you. Absolutely. It has to be him drawing you because he loves you and he will do it. If you ask him, he will show you himself and um, where to handle him. Well, and you know, Candy, a lot of people that I talk to that don't believe in God, they're actually angry at God because of something that happened in their past. Their mom or their father or their child died too young or something happened they blame God for that. And they said, why would I ever love a God that took somebody I loved too early in life? They blame God for the problems in their life. And I tell God didn't cause that. Did God cause that? No, he did not. He did allow it. Nothing comes to us that hasn't first come, gone through the hand of God. He didn't do it to hurt you. It's the way that the nature of the world is ever since the fall of man. You know that we goofed up. Uh, man did and sin entered the world. And when it did, bad things happen. But God is good regardless. And I can say that I have two of my children have lost their babies. Um, they have lost a five-year-old and another child. Um, Judson was lost by my daughter, Casey. And I watched them suffer and I hurt and I was in pain with them, but I also saw them grow strong in their faith and knowing that God is who he says he is. And yet I will praise him. How do I know? I talked with him this morning. That's that's a way we know we get in his word. We study his word and it is a living word. I 
Like Ron says, I encourage you to get in the word and say, Lord, show me today what you have for me, what you want me to see. It is a living word. It is not just a um, an old tiny thing that's just got dust and collected on it, but it is alive and God will speak to you. I promise you that he will speak to you. I interviewed a lady that her son committed suicide. It destroyed her, but one day she said she was working at Walmart and she felt his her son just screaming, Mom, turn your pain into a purpose. Absolutely. And today she is a very strong advocate for the prevention of suicide. Her voice reaches many people who are considering suicide, and I know she has saved many people's lives because she turned her pain into into a purpose. It's just like my children. They minister continuously to people all over the world who have lost children. They've written books on how to grieve. They've turned that into a purpose. Yeah. And it's it's an amazing thing to watch um, how God will take our pain and every fragment of what we've been through and purpose it back together into something very beautiful. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. Because listeners, remember this, what you're going through and what you have went through, somebody else is going through that or they will go through that one day. They'll come into your path and you, because of your experience and what you went through, you can help them. You just have to be prepared for that, you have to turn to God, turn to God and just say, will you help me turn my pain into a purpose? You will absolutely be amazed what will begin to happen in your life. Well, both my husband and I lost our spouses and mine after 35 years, he was only fellow I knew for 40 years. And then, and uh, Beverly died on September 3rd, just recently, right after Katrina. And we have purposed in our heart that, that we comfort with the comfort by which we have been comforted. And how many times I have seen um, or heard the phone ring when someone has lost someone and called and talked to my husband and he's walked them through it. Or um, I've had the privilege of, of standing beside somebody or the bedside of someone when they're getting ready to go home and, and uh, just love on families and um, say nothing but be there. Amen. So... You never know. God uses everything we are. He sure does. I mean, who would ever have thought years ago that he could use a a wild, crazy promoter like me? But, you know, when God touches us, we just can't seem to, at least for me, I can't seem to shut my mouth about the goodness of God. That's right. And we we shouldn't. That's the word of our testimony. Well, thanks for coming by. I feel better now listening to your words of wisdom and hope. Thank you so much, Candy. Thank you, Ron. Well, friends, what a great program. Share this with someone and remember this, that God wants to love the hell right out of your life. There's a free resource right now on my website, thepromoter.org. It's called Discover Your Destiny. It's free. It's a PDF. Download it. Lots of wisdom shows you how to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and you will be encouraged, empowered, and inspired because it will show you how to get the hell out of your life. I'll be back next week with another great program. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. 
And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope.